Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters, John Stevens, Angela Peterson, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley-White, Alex Possles, Ryan Charlton, The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Sarah Allmark, The Sociable Beer Company and The Small Batch Brewing Co. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Archie and Louie from Villages Brewery based in Deptford, South East London. Archie and Louie co-founded Villages in 2016 with the goal of bringing people together to do things that bring people together. As a business started by two brothers, they aim to offer that level of friendship, trust and openness to all. Archie and Louie, please introduce yourselves and tell us about your beer journeys which led you to launching Villages. Hey, yeah. Cheers for having us, Rob. Nice to be here. I'm Archie, and I got into brewing about 10 years ago now. I started off just working for a few breweries, some trad breweries uh, outside of London, and then some more craft breweries. Well, the, the Colonel was kind of the main impetus there, and I was there just doing voluntary work for a while. And oh, it was still after, great. Yeah. Good experience, yeah. no doubt, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... It was really interesting to see the, the differences between a, a trad cast brewery out in Kent and then uh, the Colonel and their, their, their sort of philosophy and approach is a, is a really top one. Right. And, um, yeah, so after being there, I was only there for a month. Um, mm-hmm. The guys were, Toby was said, you know, I should really think about going off and doing a master's if, if I'm interested. And so I went up to Harriet Watt and did a MSc in brewing and distilling. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was challenge going back into education again. That was pretty fun because I chose it this time, which, right. is, which is nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I met great people there, learned a lot. Um, and then whilst I was up there, I got offered a job as the head brewer, well, only brewer at London Beer Factory. They were just... Oh, wow, up. fantastic. So, yeah, I didn't realise that. Yeah, so, hence yes, the, they, uh, the introduction from Sim. But London yeah, Beer yeah. So, yeah, it was the first... <laughs> first place I brewed up commercially awesome um yeah it was brilliant so it was just those two Sim and Ed who set it up I don't know I will helping out and then mm-hmm. I went in as the brewer so we was there for a couple of years mm-hmm. which changed massively it started off as just cask and by the time I left we were doing cans so that yep. was real transformation which is where the beer market was and and how it's transformed over that time and right. then from there I went to Four Pure okay there for a couple of years mm-hmm as a production brewer there and that was a real different experience that mm-hmm. one they had a, a lot of equipment there to use which is brilliant so the toys available was right excellent and some of the knowledge and expertise on site was great and sharing that with others so yeah two different experiences and that was pre-acquisition euphorpia that was yeah yeah so yeah. i left well probably probably a couple of years i left a couple of years before the acquisition. yeah i can't mm-hmm. remember what it was now but i gone by that point um we were doing some infrastructure works to for massive expansion as i was leaving but yeah it was great it was a really good team lots of people that were just super into it and having gone from a place where i was sort of didn't really have anywhere else to turn to ask questions to going to a place where there's just you know so much knowledge there that was that was really cool for my own progression as well fantastic yeah and then yeah after two years there louis and i started 
setting up villages. The... So we ought to probably let people know, Louis, that you're actually uh, on the call with us as Hello, well. So, am, uh, uh, why, why don't you give us your uh, introduction? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hi, I'm, I'm Louis Village, Archie's brother. Um, I got into working in the industry a little later than Archie. He was working at the London Beer Factory. And mm-hmm. I was living in London and working in a completely different career. And he was like, I think you should try this and, and give it a go because it might be quite, quite a nice fit for me. So I started working in cellaring and packaging at the London Beer Factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while she was working, making all the beer, I was putting into bottles mainly at the time. Yep. And then I was there for a couple of years and then I kind of crossed over the yard. I don't know if you've been down to London Beer Factory or Gypsy Hill. but No, I have not. But I've, I've met Sim several times at the, uh, the Barrel Project, but not at the uh, Gypsy Hill site, no. Right. Well, yeah, they're, uh, they're in the same uh, industrial estate and yeah. uh, became good friends with the, with the guys at Gypsy Hill. And uh, mm-hmm. one day I kind of just went over there and started working for them, which was nice. And uh, I was basically working in logistics. Uh, right. Most of my time I was working as a tray, actually. Okay. And we basically got to this stage. Gypsy Hill was at a sort of very different time than it is, it is now. It was, there were just six of us working. So right. having a lot of time seeing a sort of a nascent business grow. And uh, it was a really very fun time, actually, being there. Yeah. yeah. Arch and I were basically in a, got to a place where we thought, with his understanding of making the beer and, and me being, like, taking things on beyond that, right. we thought we could uh, give it a roll of the dice ourselves. So we, we kind of put together a business plan and working in breweries, we didn't have much money ourselves. So we, right. uh, so we got investment from a bunch of people who are probably wondering where all that money's gone. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure they money well spent. I'm sure they're all saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they, well, they have to think that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we spent about a year looking for a site that felt right for us. We were looking for a place that was in a local community. Yeah. And we looked at a lot, a lot of places all throughout South London. Deptford was, and this site we're in now, is actually the first place we looked at. And okay. it was taken by someone else, but the deal kind of broke, broke down a bit. So we uh, managed to get in there and we've been there ever since. That was 2016. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we first, December 2016, we first opened our doors, had a party and uh, with four beers that we brewed ourselves and it's kind of been evolving since then. The party's still rocking on. Fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> and you're, in a, you're in a railway arch because railway arches can vary quite substantially in size, can't they? So how, how big is it? How much space have you got? We've got one unit, which is two interconnected arches, okay. um, which totals 2,200 square feet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you've got one half fully dedicated to the brewery. Right. Uh, that's including packaging. And mm-hmm. then the other half is the tap room. Okay. Um, we then have another storage unit, a couple of arches down. Okay. Uh, which I spend most of my time troglodyting away in. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice place to be, yeah. And what's the size of your brew kit and your what tank space have we got? Well, we actually started off first brew house we had was 30 hack, and mm-hmm. um, probably a little bit more than that, first. And uh, we had six FBs uh, that were all 30 hack. Um, mm-hmm. what well, we started off with fewer actually, and then we we brew we bought a couple more, right? And then recently, so a year ago, um, we actually sold the brew house and one of the FVs, and we replaced it with new state-of-the-art brew house, which is actually half the size. So oh, okay. brew house is 15 heck. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we've got a new 15 heck brew house and then two 15 heck FVs to match it. So right. we're actually now, it's kind of, it was kind of a weird step, but it, it sort of makes sense. 
basically we ended up moving to a new gas system mm-hmm. and sort of we were the limiting factor as everyone has when they're working with their site particularly sort of railway arches there's hurdles to come over and that one was for us was the gas flow so we could only get enough gas flow to boil 15 heck a little right. bit more sort of 16 17 heck of liquid right um, so that meant we were then having to we decided to double brew but that whole project was discussed about with me and then our two brewers at the time who were Johnny and Rob, we mm-hmm. sat down and we designed the brew house ourselves mm-hmm. and we talked about the timings of things and actually it works out really nicely. Although we have to double brew, you know, Johnny will come in at 8.30. He's right. one of the brew, one of the two brewers. Johnny comes in at 8.30. He's done by 3.30 and Zoe gets in at 10 o'clock and she's done by 5.30. So, Although we're doing two brews in a day, it's not long days for them, which is what right. we want. Good. The downside is that both of them are brewing, of course, and they could be doing other things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we have to double brew to fill up the six big 30 heck tanks and single right. brew for the two fifteen heck. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think you're certainly the first brewer I've spoken to that's made that move down in, in, in capacity, but it, it totally makes sense from what you described. And obviously yeah, it's, it's much more efficient now than it, than it was previously. Uh, yeah. Much more accurate as well. Like yeah. with the beers that we can make with the new brew house, it just, uh, they're kind of worlds away from what we were brewing originally. Nice. And just, we had certain engineering limitations and mm-hmm. gas flow being the primary issue. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. So let's talk about the tap room side of things then. How big is that? What's the capacity? How many lines have you got? What goes on the there? Tap room, the tap room is, uh, it's one of the things we're most proud about about villages, really. It's uh, we try and think of it as a bit of a village hall. So try and get as many people from the local community down there to use it. There is a real beer focus, but there are a lot of charity events. There's a lot of uh, community crafts that go on down there. Nice. It's yep. all managed by a very jolly local man called Greg. We all used to live together quite a few years back in a very mm. rowdy place, and uh, he now takes the reins there. Okay, and, excellent. Um, yeah, just trying to integrate the, the tap room with the local community as much as possible is a real focus. But we do, we've got eight taps there. Right. Eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a really nice wine list curated by Hot Burns and Black. They're a local. Nice. Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they do a wine and cider list. Okay, great. And they do, uh, uh, they've just started doing uh, some, so, uh, like a Wednesday wine club down there, which oh, is that's uh, nice. fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we have parties there. Lots of music happens. There's a lot of a lot of records are played. Okay. A lot of uh, live music happens down there. There's a lot of trad folk that every Sunday, so every nice. month on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, it's a really nice. It's a really nice space, and it's for all of us just seeing local people get behind what we're trying to do with the beers, but also just rubbing shoulders with each other. Right. I haven't been doing much of that lately, but uh, no. Yeah. But it's, it's coming back. It's coming back slowly. It's and, coming back. Yeah. And you're surrounded by other hospitality businesses are you in in the in the sort of run of arches or very much so yeah there's um we're really tight with our neighbors there's a great bar just a few arches down called buster mantis they run their kitchens for our tap we don't have a, a kitchen at the tap room so they right they, uh, bring their food over to uh, all of our customers so nice mm-hmm. nice food cooked it in this restaurant brought out to the tap room that's lovely and uh it's a really good deptford's a really good community like mm-hmm. i've lived in heaps of places in south london and and it definitely feels like people have the time and the the care for each other. Right. Uh, it feels like a bit of an island in London, actually. Okay. Uh, it's a really <laughs> wonderful, wonderful little spot. An island where people are looking out for each other, not isolated. <laughs> <laughs> Needed defining, didn't it? Um, yeah. 
trying to pick through some of the, uh, the the articles on the web about you guys this afternoon, just get a bit of a sort of sense for the business. It seems like that it's all about the tap room, isn't it? That's your massive focus, and you know, and and your business is really personified by the tap room, almost, isn't it? As as much yeah. as anything, I, I certainly get that sense. And so, how much of your beer production is sold through the tap room? Do you have any idea of percentage wise? As a matter of curiosity, um, yeah, we we do. The percentage wise, it's probably. Well, probably twelve to fifteen percent, maybe. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe twelve percent. So, yeah. in terms of percentage, it's not the largest, but it's it's just what it is. It's the it's the most fun thing of what we're doing. Yeah, having parties with people mm-hmm. that you want to be around, drinking beer that is made on site. It's Definitely. just so lovely, and we got accepted into Deptford really nicely, and everyone supported us along the way. And it is just a good place to hang out. <laughs> Sounds great. And what, what days are you open? Uh, we open uh, Thursday to Sunday. Okay, nice. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, parties will go on a bit late, but um, we're closed before midnight most of the time. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Let's get talking about this first beer. Gentlemen, this is Rodeo. And these no introduction, I'm sure, to your customer base as your core American Pale, 4.6%. Yep. Um, the tasting notes I have say, one of our go-to regulars and one of our first pals. Rodeo is a light straw colour with a gentle haze citrus and grapefruit aromas and flavors come from citra and cascade giving a balanced floral tone low bitterness and a soft body real refreshing absolutely it's lovely it's uh you know i'm very partial to a citra forward pale of any description or ipa quite frankly just very light bitterness just a tickle of bitterness in there enough to to make make it you know remind you you're drinking a beer which is obviously <laughs> it's always nice but very very crushable i'm sure this sells by the by the gallon in pints if that's not a slightly sort of mixed uh, way to describe it but yeah i, I dare say it flies <laughs> out of the tap room by the pint yeah. and I could well imagine on a hot summer's day or a cold winter's day a few pints of this would uh, would set the world to right so yeah, really good beer I'm, I'm really enjoying it nice one what's your what are your thoughts on it yeah absolutely love where it's at at the moment mm. um it's come on leaps and bounds mm-hmm. since we got the new kit, basically. All right, yeah. We were mm-hmm. we were fairly hamstrung before that. We couldn't go anything too protein heavy, so mm-hmm. you know, things like oats and other sort of speciality malts were difficult for us to brew with before. But with the new kit, we're um, able to do that, and it, it's it's really transformed it. The efficiencies of the brew house, along with the people working on it. Right. We've got um, I've mentioned him before, but Johnny, he's been with us for two and a bit years now, and he's he was originally from Beavertown. He's right. absolutely brilliant. And then Zoe Wythe, who was uh, formerly at Burnt Mill, she right. joined a, just over a year ago now. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. great credentials. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, she's top. Yeah, so she's gluten intolerant. So we, um, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we actually changed our recipes when she joined. Mm-hmm. So there was wheat in a lot of our, or yeah, in, in a lot of our beers we had wheat in, and that's right. a particularly anything with wheat she's got almost no threshold mm. for so we removed that because it's so important that she's drinking the beer and enjoying what she makes yeah so, of course yeah so remove that and change the ratios of citra and cascade up change the timings and it's now in a place we're really happy with right um, and for 4.6 it's just a super sessionable hail definitely and how, how much of this goes into cake Compared to can, I'd imagine the majority goes into cake, does it? Or? Uh, no, it's not far off a, an even split, actually. Okay. We're probably 60-40 in keg. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens over the over the next few weeks and stuff. Um, it's 
with things settling down and keg shortages and whatever in the market. Most of our core range beers is split about 60, 40, 55, 45, something like that. Pretty right. even split. And so how widely does this get distributed keg-wise? I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen one of your beers on keg in the Thames Valley. <laughs> Perhaps I'm not <laughs> drinking in the right places, but it doesn't seem to get west of London, which is, no. I guess, is a, is a good thing because it means it's all being sold much more locally than that, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're in a kind of like position where most of the beer, probably 80% of it, is drunk within a sort of kilometre of the brewery. Nice beer. Fantastic. Yeah. Stay if you've got a good arm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and we work with a few distributors who take it to good spots out and about. Yeah. Further out, like out of South London, I'd say 95% of our beer is drunk, certainly within the M25. But yeah. Um, yeah, very much of it is close to home, which is lovely because both Arch and I live within walking distance of the brewery. Right. Uh, we have done since it began, really. So it's good to just be able to walk into the local community and see that the beer has been treated well, been drunk sure. and enjoyed Absolutely. in good spots. And yep. uh, yeah, it's really nice for us. No, definitely. Definitely. And have you got permanent lines with this in, in yeah, certain yeah. spots? I'd imagine you would have, yeah. Yeah, some of, some of the, um, that's one of the most enjoyable things about working in a brewery that is, that is producing beer that gets sent around the city. Just being able to go into places and build relationships with people yeah. who you really value what they're doing. Like we, these beers pour in some pubs that, like 10 years ago, someone had asked me if that we would be making a beer that goes into this pub that I've enjoyed drinking out since I've been mm. in London. <laughs> I wouldn't really understand what they were talking about, to be honest. No. <laughs> but yeah, very proud to have uh, to work with some of the customers we do. It's great. Oh, I can well imagine, yeah. So let's talk about events between now and the end of the year. Have you got anything coming up at the tap room or, or elsewhere, tap takeovers? I guess we're, we're pretty much at the end of the festival season now, but you know, any, anything that's... Uh, that's interesting coming up. Yes, we do. It's our fifth birthday in mm. December, actually. Um, Fantastic. And we haven't decided, at, I mean, at all what we're going to do yet, but mm-hmm. there's going to be, there will be a party down at the tap room. Yep. And um, I'm spitballing here, but it'd just be good to get all of the people who we've kind of worked with over the last year, um, which is becoming more and more a sort of frequent park, you know, collaborating with other breweries. And, yes. And just, yeah, to kind of celebrate the things we've done over the last year and then the people we've worked with more than anything would be cool. Mm-hmm. Just get everyone down. What would be a good crowd in the tap room? You know, what's the, what's the capacity? Um, oof. Well, uh, it spills out quite some yeah. onto the streets. So <laughs> a hundred, but I think yep. okay. Greg would be freaking out if it was 200. To no, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like herding cats in there sometimes. Yeah. Very hard to tell. We've got a sort of private road that it sprawls out onto a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I honestly really couldn't tell you that. Yeah. And you got you got some heaters out of front, have you? Or is it, uh, is it sort um, of like kind of... No, with body heat. No, body heat. Close to the elements, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get dancing. Because yeah. <laughs> December is not perhaps the ideal time then for a street party, is what I'm thinking. No, <laughs> no. Also, we'll get everyone huddled inside. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. That'll be nice. What else? You got any... You've got any other you know, tap takeover or any any other events coming up in uh... no we just um we've just been down to there's a great pub uh just south east off uh peck and rye it's kind of in uh up at nunhead called the mm-hmm. ivy house and it's uh we just did a tap take of there last week oh, nice. and mm-hmm. it's it's a really interesting place because it's london's first cooperatively owned pub oh, okay like Brilliant. a massive massive building mm-hmm. um, it's kind of on its own in this area and everyone i think i believe this it was going to be sold hmm. and 
turned into something which wasn't going to be a public house. So the community yep. kind of gathered together and set up a board, bought it. And um, it's just a really wonderful place. They have Superb. a lot. I'd say it was actually a real inspiration for trying, what we're trying to do down at the tap room. But we've recently brewed a beer with them. So they, they all came down to the brewery. Nice. And uh, we brewed uh, our session IPA Rafiki with them, mm-hmm. which now we now pour there, but we pour it as the Ivy House session. Right. And, uh, it was a, like a really nice moment because we had a tap take of there with this, the launch of this beer yep. and a unifying like moment with this place that we have a lot of respect for and all the people nice. are just really safe. And yeah. yeah shout, out, shout out to those guys. They're really, really good people. Fantastic. And have you had any other similar events over the summer or, you know, you're sort of just getting back into collab mode now? been doing some collabs yeah and we've got a few um few that we've done a few lined up actually we're gonna be doing three in a month so we did a brew with drop project last week oh brilliant love those guys um, yeah 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 so jt and i met at four mm-hmm. we worked together there and oh good yeah yeah that's it's quite that's quite funny both of us mm-hmm. going off to do our own things <laughs> having a good lol about that and then um we've got a collab with double barreled Brilliant! Uh, One of my local guys, so Mike. Yeah, Mike yeah. lovely people. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they came, they yeah. came over to us a while ago. And we brewed. Oh, it's I just one of our favourite beers. Actually, a little lightning. It was um, a Belgian pale ale, and uh, it was so unbelievably refreshing. And now we're going to be doing something dark with them. Nice. You coming over to Reading to do that? Eh? Yeah, we cut. Yeah, so we're coming over to Reading uh, next week. Brilliant. We'll be down there. Yeah, and then we've got uh, another collab with Daya the week after that. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah, so that'll be good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, you're going yeah, down there, right? Yeah, we're going down to their place, which really, really excited to check out. Oh, hell of a facility yeah. they've got. Yeah. Yeah. Theo and I were at Brew School together. Um, oh, were you really? Yeah, yeah cool. we were. <laughs> so, yeah, can't wait to have a session down at his. Really, really excited just to get down and see what those guys oh, are. Oh, yeah, I can well imagine. Have you, have you managed to get hold of the uh, the Wylam Daya collab that came out last week, which is called Punker, P-U-N-K-A-H? Uh, amazing beer. It's a, it's a 6% English IPA, 100% English hops from Brookhouse. Flavours like you wouldn't imagine or believe could be extracted from English hops. Just a real brilliant showcase of the quality of the hops coming out of Brookhouse now and just a really gorgeous beer. You really need to try and grab a can of that if you can yeah. before it's all gone. Um, really really good that's great i think i think pushing more local stuff and shifting away from the new england norm of sort of just american hops is something i think that's great i'd, I'd, yeah. I'd get our hands on that it's something that we've particularly johnny and zoe have, have been keen to do so we've been doing sort of a few things with a lot of german hops recently quite a right. few of our ideas have been all german varieties and nice yeah yeah <laughs> No one really knows this other thing like Tango and Callista, these two hot varietals that are coming out of there and they're, they're banging. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. But Mandarina Bavaria and Huel Melon. Yeah. Yeah. Brookhouse yeah. doing a top, top thing with the UK. But yeah, it's just particularly now being more aware of your sort of carbon footprint and what you're doing and actually looking closer to home for things. And I think that's really important. And it's something that we're trying to. A bit more emphasis on. It's really difficult because yeah. we're fully aware of how wasteful our our industry is. And well, it's yeah. Unfortunately, you know, there's not much you can do about the water consumption of the of the processes, can you? But at least you can reduce the carbon footprint of your ingredients, and that's a good step forward, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely less so, air miles. And if yeah. it's, I mean, look forward to trying this beer. It sounds a uh, 
yeah, if we can make some amazing flavors from stuff grown on our home soil, that's yeah. where it's at, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. Then, gentlemen, let's take a short break. This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials and most importantly the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. All right, so I'm back with Archie and Louie from Villages for the second half of the show. Gentlemen, could you please tell me what makes you different? What is it you're doing to stand out in the crowded UK or South London craft beer scene? Okay. I think the thing that we do internally that's different is um, we have two brewers, Johnny and Zoe, and they each have... All the tanks are named, and two of the, the small tanks are named, Johnny and Zoe. And in those tanks, they can put whatever they want in nice. there. Yeah. As they've got complete creative freedom. They don't even need to tell Louis and I what they're putting in there. They just need to... <laughs> Sometimes wish they did. <laughs> um, yeah, but they've got total creative freedom, which is something that we've always felt is really important. Um, for the people that are making it to have that outlet. Right. And so I think that's one thing that internally makes us different. Um, I'm sure other places do it as well. But well, I haven't heard anybody else describe it in those terms. Do you, do you have any, do you provide any guidance of styles or ABV Nothing. or anything? No. no. So, you know, could you end up with tanks full of 10% beers and no yeah. session beers or, or vice versa? Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, you could have uh, beers that don't sell as quick. That certainly happened. Yeah. But it, def- it definitely feels like the uh, creative energy that they get from the process really just feeds way more into into what we're up to. And it also means that we're not sort of constraining them for experimentation. And actually, that's where all the good stuff happens. Like when people right. are unbridled a bit. Fantastic. And, uh, some of the best beers we've made have come out um, not from like a design by committee scenario, but actually where someone's thrown an idea out and it's stuck and we we enjoy drinking it even more because yeah. we kind of created a framework for them to to move around in it's nice yeah Fantastic. nothing ever gets the volume is a little bit reduced as well so there's even if it's a something totally mental it will sell and we'll go through it at the tap room well that's stuff. the beauty of a tap room isn't it yeah yeah totally yeah yeah and we i guess um I hope I, I don't think we are, and I hope certainly hope we're not. But one thing that we do do, which I think is very important, for, I think it's important for all businesses to do, is to have complete and utter transparency in absolutely everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, we go through every month. We have a monthly meeting, and we go through all of our accounts. We go through absolutely everything with the business. We print off a profit and loss and the balance sheet, and we go through the whole lot, analysing everything, so we can see. Everyone knows. With the whole team, that's nice. The yeah. whole team yeah. knows, and that's that's five of us and then one part-time. Yeah. Um, and everyone knows what's going on each month, what it means to have a good month, what it means to have right. a bad month. And, and it shouldn't, I don't, I mean, it it should just give everyone a, a better understanding of what it is. And 
And then when you've got ideas, there's no private conversations. There's no need for a private conversation anywhere because right. you everyone knows everything. So it means that there are more creative outlets for you to get a solution to a problem, which is great. Yeah, and it sh- shares the load, really. Like, yeah. You know, there's Archie and I, two people there. There's, there's basically five of, the, of us working full-time and, a, and another eight part-time. But it means that we can get... Uh, we can when things are tough, uh, we can share it and uh, get help. And when things are good, we can celebrate together. Yeah. And this, yeah, it's a nice setup for us. And so unique, but it really works. That, well. well, I think that's extremely unusual. Both those two things you just described, they're both having two brewers with free reign and, and, you know, sharing the, the accounts monthly is, uh, I think that's pretty unusual for any business. I must ask, did you use that same decision by committee to decide how to proceed under COVID? You know, that, cause there, there were a lot of, really tough decisions to be made very quickly weren't there over the last eight months <laughs> yeah. yeah i think we, with with covid we we didn't react quickly um deliberately so because mm-hmm. i don't we didn't know what there was so much confusion so much uncertainty Definitely. we didn't know what was going to happen so reacting knee jerk wasn't wouldn't have been the smartest thing for us to do so we we just let see what happened realized we were in for the long haul and then well, there were, there were no decisions to make, really. Everything went into can, and we, yeah. anything that was in tank got packaged into can, and that was kind of just... Did you not furlough any staff then? Or? Yeah, we, we, so yeah. Everyone, on, everyone went on flexi-furlough, including right. Louis and myself, because you know, we were, if we weren't needed, there was no point being there. Nice. So between, on the production sides, I mean, most of the time we were... Fairly fully operational because although volume was down, the revenue generated from cans and going direct was considerably more. So volume of sales was, literage was down, but revenue wasn't massively affected. I mean, right. we're, not, we're not that big a brewery, so our highs and lows are, are, are not great. Right. Um, so we sort of managed it quite quite nice. I mean, yeah, there, there were some there were some furloughs and and. Fortunately, we did have one redundancy, mm-hmm. um, and that was during the COVID times. We, Louis and I, had a bit of a shift in what we wanted, and we had a salesperson, Aiden. Love you, bro. Uh, love you, bro. Mm-hmm. LLC, Aiden, and uh, <laughs> um, he's a top sales guy. So he he left during COVID, um, which That's was a shame. Yeah. It, it was a heartbreak. It was absolutely mm-hmm. savage. That it was. Just, we'd known him for you know ten years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he was a friend, and so that was a. That was a savage breakup, but um, we're still mates, which is great. That's good. Um, yeah, and yeah, so so that sort of we made a bit of a shift within the business of what we wanted to do during that period, and rather than operate at close to max capacity, we were just like, let's just drop that down. Let's work at something that's sustainable for our ourselves, yep. like without a sales team, so we don't have to do any sales, and what's physically capable as well. We're all it's a manual, it's manual work, so we've got to look after our bodies as well. Yeah. So just dropped all production down a little bit and it's nice and manageable now. yeah that, that was one of the, the really good things to come out of covid for us as a brewery was uh like a, a chance the snow globe was so, shook so much that yeah. we really had to reassess how we did everything yeah uh, quickly and one of the things was not sort of chasing the uh the volume game um and i'd say we're all a lot happier for it i bet you are yeah no that's the brilliant is increasing 
the sort of quality of life is increasing and like yeah less stress on the body and the mind is is good for everyone so remarkably similar to the conversation i had with uh, dave at wylam two weeks ago where he said you know they took that same decision that pre-covid they were making lots and lots of beer because that was what they did was make lots and lots of beer. You know, they felt like they were obliged to max out the production capacity they had and you know, bigger, bigger, faster, faster. And, you know, he said they, they've taken that same approach that you've just described to me there, where they're trying to take it back a bit, you know, still obviously concentrate on making very high quality beers, but, you know, he said yeah. they've reduced the number of keg lines in the tap room because they're, you know, rather than, you know, always striving to make 14 lines pouring, he said, you know, we, we're now only pouring 10 lines, but it's all, the beer is fresher because of that. So he said, you know, we think that actually 10 super fresh beers are better than 14 where you, you know, maybe a couple have been hanging around for a while. And yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's kind of going back to Louis' question, or Louis' advice. Mm. What, what, why are you doing it? What, what do you want your life to look like mm. around it? Those, those questions are really important because it's so easy to get caught up in whatever it is you're doing and you know five years goes by and you're like shit what the yeah. fuck <laughs> <laughs> i frequently say that but you know several times this weekend actually but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah excellent that's all good stuff i've got one more question on the brewers um free reign and then i will move on but um what percentage of uh, specials are you brewing uh, as against cores because presumably there's there's a core production schedule that needs to be respected so how often yeah. do they get to to go wild so we we brew currently we brew two core beers uh, okay. radio Bella, and the yeah. rafika session ipa but actually next week we're bringing um a new beer into the core range it's a beer we brewed before uh, ipa called big salad okay we brewed it in february this year and it was one of the most popular ipas and it's yeah going to be we're going to be having it in keg and, keg, uh, keg and can next week Nice. And, what's, the, what's the ABB of that? It's 5.8. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's going to be a bit of play in the beer, in the hops used, but the, right. the grist and the malt uh, and the um, the, the uh, yeast is going to stay the same. Nice. Um, yeah. So apart from those three beers as of next week, the guys are basically pushing out about two special, depending on how, how much lager is going in there, but about two specials every month. Right. Is about, mm-hmm. about what we're, the output is. Yeah. And you, so you don't have a, you're not got a core lager, but you are brewing lagers regularly um, or not, no? More, more so, actually. Yeah, yeah, we started really experimenting with, well, because Johnny and Zoe, well, we did actually say at one point we that we would like a lager constantly rotating and, you know, so there's a bit of variety. And then we sort of um, have changed our minds on that um, just through the length of time and then the freedom it gives them. But if they want to brew a lager, they're totally up to them so we've got another dry hop lager we've been quite enjoying the dry hop lagers recently right mm-hmm. got our third one yeah i love uh, dry oh, hop yeah, lagers uh, definitely uh, that's my kind of lager in fact i like my lagers so heavily hopped that they taste like a pale ale to be honest <laughs> i know that's kind of defeating the point of it but <laughs> excellent then i'm happy with that i'm convinced that you guys are different so uh, so you've, you've passed that part of the uh, part of the exam <laughs> oh, we're all different yeah let's let's talk about warm down this is your 7.5% West Coast IPA. Um, yes. The tasting notes I have say, a strong, hoppy, and bitter West Coast IPA brewed for the Alpha King Challenge, the Yakima Chief Hops and Three Floyds Brewery competition to determine the most well-balanced and drinkable hop-forward beer of 60-plus IBUs. We use Columbus throughout the boil, followed by a heavy dose of Columbus and Citra in the Whirlpool. On the dry hop, we finish the beer with Chinook, Amarillo, and Citra. 
yeah, this is terrific. Really enjoying this. What is the IBU of this as a matter of interest? It's over 60. Was it, was it much more than 60 or? A... On this? Yeah. I think it came out at 60. I think it was just under 65. Okay. So we think we were targeting a little bit more than mm-hmm. what we've got. But it's, it's in, until you send it off for analysis, it's, our calculations are fairly accurate. But until you sort of get full analysis, you don't right. know. So okay, about 63, we're hoping for just over 65. And sometimes with the whirlpool, there's a slight temperature differences. So right. that alters kind of your conversion of your alpha acid. So that's basically, you know, it was a little bit colder in the whirlpool than we anticipated. Being. Right. But I, I think this, this has turned out brilliantly. I think this is my kind of West Coast IPA. It's still got plenty of lovely fruity flavours in it. The bitterness is there, but it's not overwhelming. Um, but it's just, I think it's a really well-brewed beer. Have you, have you done many West Coast IPAs? Yeah, we've done a few in the past, varying from sort of, yeah, seven and a half down to down to six. Right. Um, no, this is lovely. I'm really enjoying this. It was canned about two, two uh, weeks ago. Fortnight, okay, okay perfect, yeah. So... Some light colouring to it for a West mm-hmm. Coast. It's um, kind of on point, nice and bright, which yeah. we got from our West Coast. And you're using just standard USO5 for that mm-hmm. um, as a yeast strain. And then, yeah, some a little bit of speciality malts going in there uh, just to give that a little bit of sort of honey, sweetness, biscuitiness. Yeah. Um, not too strong on the crystal malts, though, because... We wanted to sort of let the hops good, shine. and I think that's important. That, you know, that, that it's I know there are people that say, Oh, you know, proper West Coast IPA should be malty, and they, you know, they obviously were 10 15 years ago, weren't they? But I, you know, I, I don't yeah. really appreciate that that super malty yeah. IPA these days. It's you know, I think it's it's just so it dominates things too much, it, it, it kind of it doesn't give the hops anywhere to to shine. I don't think, yeah. To, I mean, I mean, a real traditionalist is still using bog myrtle nettles and bracken, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> How far back do you want to go? No, not that far back. <laughs> Good. So what specials have you guys got coming up that you can tease the audience with? You got, you know, anything that's about to go into can or just be packaged? Yeah, so specials we've got well, we've got those three collabs coming up that we talked about, which yep. really looking forward to. Three real different things. Mm. And a beer with Solvay Society we haven't mentioned. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah. Quite. Yeah. I've had those yeah. guys on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've Zoe and Johnny and um, we're actually having a tasting session uh, with those guys at the brewery, but it's currently, well, it's still in its embryonic stages, but currently at the point of imperial stouts with a Belgian yeast strain looking at some oak chips, probably American in there. Nice. So that's where we're sort of at. We're going to be having a little tasting session at the brewery, guys from Solvay have got a whole little collection, so it'd be nice. Sounds to great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's another one that'll be out before Christmas. And then Johnny brewed up a rustic pale the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we're trialing out a new yeast strain, um, a farmhouse strain from Larmond. Okay, nice. Yep. Doing, uh, yeah, doing in a rustic pale. So mm-hmm. Johnny, I think, might have been leading on that one. And yeah, so a lot of different malts in there, using some spelt. Mm-hmm. some rye using a little bit of all sorts in there flake barley so it's yeah. really be a real it was a real fun one to actually just see going into the grist case and yeah i bet <laughs> that right old mix mm-hmm. um so that was good and then uh that'll be coming out soon the dry hop lager mm-hmm. 
uh, is in tank. Big Salad IPA. Yeah. And the Big Salad IPA. Yeah, really looking forward to getting that out there. Actually, Brilliant. that was one of our favourite beers. That we've... Excellent. Well, then, what's the best place for people to go and get themselves some villagers' beers? Down the tap room. Yeah, open <laughs> Thursday to Sunday. And we have all of our, yeah, we've got eight lines pouring our pegs and all of our beers are in, in can there. It gives a good taste of what we make, but also the kind of environment we want them to be drunk yeah, in. Yeah, that's it. And it all kind of, it's a package, isn't it? It's not just about the beer, it's about the, the serving experience and the hopefully yeah, the beer. And the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully, if you come down, you'll see a lot of people locally bringing their own ideas to the place as well. So, yeah, we try and accommodate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Let people like speak and uh, not just stand up on their tables and talk. Actually, just <laughs> bring down what they want to listen to. We have a lot of open records down there, right? Uh, a lot of events, broken kind of stuff, as well. a lot of broken <laughs> records. Too. Nice. And you also have a web shop. Let's talk about that quickly. Yeah, we do. We we kind of we didn't before COVID, and it was mm-hmm. obviously something that we really quickly needed to do before uh, before the lockdowns happened. And uh, it's been a really nice thing actually we've got a beer club that, i saw that yeah nice you get a nice discount if you order a, a case or whatever yeah and it's good for us because we get to like speak to people who are enjoying our beers consistently and we get to sort of get our freshest beers in their hands and yep. they actually are quite vocal community so they tell us what they think it's lovely and yeah. um, it was like extremely important for us to be supported in that way over covid yeah and now something that we want to keep go- going yeah it's, it's-, it's a good feeling and yeah, we yeah, it's something we really appreciate. Really, it's given you a unique opportunity to really lean into the local community, hasn't it? And you know, and you figure yeah. out who your customer base is to a much greater extent with a web shop than than any other kind of interaction, don't you? Because you're capturing details as you go along. You know, obviously, without being sinister about it, you know, it, it does give oh, you we, that, we that direct connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So before I, I've got my two traditional wrap-up questions, before I get into those, I always ask the guests as a courtesy if there's anything that you wanted to raise in the conversation that we haven't got to so far. Was one of your questions about untapped? We can do an untapped segment if you like. So we're quite a good example of someone who's gone through a bit of a transition with untapped. So we initially were a little hamstrung with our kit. Our review right, I fully understand and, our, that, yeah. and our ratings were totally in line with the beers that we were producing at the time they weren't as good anywhere near as good as they are now and the ratings that we're getting now are i mean they are what they are so i think over the longevity of the lifespan it balances out and i think like if you get a 3.75 average it's going to be better than a 3.3 yeah we kind of talk about this uh untapped and uh, beer rating services quite a lot and we do have some suggestions with uh we think they're they're valuable in lots of ways, but there's in some ways they're a flawed system. And a suggestion might be that when you see a brewery average, it takes into account the brewery's uh, output over its whole life. Yeah. And some uh, breweries, the quality of their beers drop off. Some they get better. This and, is great. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what I think that that system uh, really misses is that it takes a, it doesn't have a temporal component to it. So. Yeah. You're actually not looking at uh, breweries who there are lots of breweries who brewed bad beer historically, but contemporary beers they're making are really excellent. So they, it doesn't show any any breweries in their ascendancy or vice versa in their descendancy. Yeah, that's so a great point. I like that. Yeah. Could, I would suggest that they could have a uh, average lifetime and also a monthly temporal kind of assessment of where their beers are at at that time, and uh, that would give us all like a good indication of like really what's going on on the taps right now 
Yeah, and, it's probably, you know, I guess a lot of breweries wouldn't have the, the volume to really go month to month, but you could at least have a 2021 rating, couldn't you? Compare yeah. that to 2020, 2019, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be, That'd be awesome. Us, it'd be yeah. massively interesting seeing the difference, you know, the difference our specials ratings used to get prior to the new kit and post the new kit. <laughs> I mean, it's literally, we're getting an extra... It, it, it miles higher now. Oh, that's fantastic. So, and that's brilliant. Yeah, that you've got that yeah. feedback loop, isn't it? To be able to know that you're on the right path. That's awesome. Yeah. There's also, there's there's one other thing I'd quite like to say about, about huh? it because I feel quite passionately about yeah, it. No, I, I do too. I love it. <laughs> I feel like any kind of a application which uh, helps you contribute to a scene should really facilitate that without uh, the detriment of the experience of doing the thing you're trying to do. So in the case of Untapped, people are drinking beers often you might look at what other people have thought about that uh, beer before you make your own assessment of it i think that's very fair as well yeah and it's hard to not be so you know i i won't read the reviews before i check my beer in and, and write my own tasting notes but it's hard not to notice the score of the beer um, before you mm. check it in you know so i know that i'm you know I'm, I'm drinking this beer and it's got an average rate in a four or 3.9 or what so i've got a pretty high expectation before i've even tasted it yeah and yeah. it's hard not to let that cloud your judgment and it's also you know i try not to and i try to score it honestly and independently sometimes i deviate significantly from the average score but I can't honestly tell you I'm not influenced by it because I think everybody must be to some extent. Yeah, and having an unbiased, a, a fully unbiased system is is best for consumer yeah. at the time as well and going to help them develop and learn <clears> more as well. I think the challenge as well for Untapped is obviously it's a commercial business and they're, they're obviously trying to make money partly from people like me that pay supporter fees very happily, by the way. You know, I'm more than happy to pay them whatever it is, $50 a year or something. In fact... I have said to friends that if I had to choose between deleting Untapped from my mobile phone or deleting the phone app from the phone, so I know it could no longer make phone calls, I would def definitely keep Untapped and lose the phone function. So that's how much I value it. But um, you know, that's just me. But I think yeah. obviously Untapped are trying to make money, and so a lot of their revenue comes from the venues, doesn't it? And you know, and so you right. know, the verified venues pay a lot of money for that facility, and so they're bound to, you know, they're going to lean more towards the brewer than the consumer, I think, inevitably, because that's where the majority of their revenue comes from. I'm guessing, I don't know that for a fact, but this seems logical to me. So I think they're not going to do things that favour the the user so much as, I think they're going to tend to lean towards favouring the brewer and the and the tap room and the, you know, the independent outlets. Right. Yeah. right, let's get into the shout out to the little guy. And here I ask you to name one or more beer businesses local to you and this can be a pub a tap room a bottle shop a restaurant a cafe that is doing a great job in the service and promotion of independent craft beer well we've uh, we've mentioned uh, we do a lot of stuff with hot burns and black and they yep. uh, couldn't say enough uh, good stuff about them but as for local pubs there's one called the dog and bell which is um in the sort of back streets of deptford and it's uh they they pour one of our beers there and it's uh i could not be happier that we've got a relationship with them because i just I, we really think it's one of the best pubs in in london nice and uh, it's just a real sort of it's an unusual place and they sort of are very welcoming to the community there and they just do it really really well and it's a very beautiful building and they really care about the kind of the theater and the service and the sort of spectacle of what a local public house can be. So right. yeah, big shout out to yeah. Dolan Valley is a great place. They also have an incredible beer selection there as well. Brilliant. Yeah, loads of bottled Belgian stuff. And yeah, it's it's a top spot. They have a Lovely. pickle festival 
And they have a pickle, Which is pickle big, vessel. Yeah, Sold. Yeah. That's it. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> when are we going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then other, there's another people that we work with, uh, Salt House Bottles and Joyce. There's uh, Salt House Bottles is a bottle shop in Brockley, just around the corner. And then Joyce is their sister bar, which has got incredible selection. Both of them have got incredible selections of wines and, and beers. And yeah, they're an, another just top local spot that brilliant love. yeah local institution yeah nice. yeah excellent any more for any more the ivy house which talked yeah about. We, we talked about oh, the, ivy. the ivy house yeah and that yeah. where did you say that was uh the ivy house in um in, in nunhead is like off the southeast yeah. corner of uh peck and rye okay and yep. uh, to reiterate it's like that sounds i love community pubs yeah so that's it's, it's nice to get those listed yeah definitely. yeah the first cart pub in london is just, just a top spot and it's got mm. everything that you want in there yeah great beer selection too from uh, like egg lines and draft and uh and a load of good cask as well it's nice fantastic all right great well i'll make sure all those guys get listed and hopefully people can check them out next time they're in your neck of the woods then gentlemen we are at the wrap-up question and this is and i need an answer from each of you what would be your ultimate happy hour where would you be who would you be with and most mm-hmm. importantly and specifically what beer would you be drinking do you like to go first I would. We go. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because I know we're going to say the same thing. Oh, no. <laughs> She's going to be repeating me. But um, we were lucky enough to grow up in the Peak District. And yep. within, uh, we grew up in the same village where Thornbridge is. Okay. Um, yep. So the, the old brewery, actually. So they, they now have a huge uh, production facility. Yeah, I've been to, the, been to the new brewery, not the right. old one. But the, uh, the old brewery, um, all the cars that were coming out there are fantastic and they mostly get soaked up locally. And there's a very mm-hmm. good local boozer called the pack horse and you can uh, you can walk there from a mum and dad's a mum and dad's house and a pint of brother rabbit with mum and dad after work in there is probably uh, as close to heaven as it gets really yeah nice. I'm, I'm i'm going the same i'll go uh, wild no oh for a different, for a different beer. <laughs> yeah what what, what boo did you say well, sorry I'll do, I'll do the round for everyone louis will have a brother rabbit i'll yeah. have a wild swan dad will have a black sheep and mum will have a martini rosso stop ordering for me and how many uh how many cast beers would they have on typically They've got, so they always have uh, Black Sheep, it's the only non-Thornbridge that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they always have Lucas Hells as, the, as a lager option on tap. And they've yep. got Jaipur always on and probably three others at any one time. Lord Marples, so Lord Marples is often on there as a best bitter. And then Brother Rabbit, Wild Swan and some of their, their specials. I mean, their, their car stuff's just, yeah, it's just so good. And when, when you're having it, you know, basically a mile from the brewery yeah. it's just delicious mm. and we can and we can stumble home at the end of this session <laughs> as we normally do fair enough <laughs> yeah. i can't argue with that that sounds great to be honest with you yeah perfect gentlemen this has been lots of fun thank you very much for your time it's really enjoyed really nice, chatting rob. with you thank you very much cheers, cheers rob, rob. Commencing in the spring of 2022, This Week in Craft Beer will be running meticulously curated long weekend tours to the world's most exciting craft beer cities in partnership with some of the UK's leading craft breweries. Destinations will include Copenhagen, New England, Brooklyn and Miami. If you fancy joining a small tour party led by a leading UK craft brewer as we experience a packed long weekend of meet the brewer and tutor tastings at some of the leading craft breweries on the planet, please pay close attention to our newsletter and website 